We're sponsored today by Nine Days and Nine Nights, a novel from New York Times bestselling author Katie Catugno. Molly Barlow isn't that girl anymore. Now a business major in college, she's distanced herself from the people she hurt and the family she tore apart. But during a romantic European vacation with her new boyfriend, she runs into her ex and all the trouble she thought she left behind. Find Nine Days and Nine Nights wherever you buy books. I want to tell you about a special episode of The Longest Shortest Time, a show on the Stitcher Network. The Longest Shortest Time is a show about parenthood, but it's for everyone. I've been on this show. It was really fun. I got to talk to, I got to hear questions from kids, talk to them about Batman and stuff. It was really, uh, it was a, a pleasant time and a good time and a good show. Host Andrea Slenzi brings listeners stories about the surprises and absurdities of raising other humans and being raised by them. This week, they're kicking off a new season of shows with an extra special episode where listeners called in to tell their stories about giving birth in a car. Everybody knows, uh, everybody who listens to this podcast, Beautiful Anonymous, you guys love uh, people calling in, telling stories. This one sounds right up our alley. Who doesn't want to hear a story about giving birth in a car? Check out The Longest Shortest Time Now. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Hello to all my footwear enthusiasts. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous podcast where it's phone calls, but it's more than just phone calls, isn't it? It's conversations, but it's more than that. It's people. It's real people telling real stories. It's just all about letting our guard down. And then it's a whole community of people listening. And once those things connect, it's turned into something very special in my life. Thank you all for listening, allowing it to happen. Thanks to everybody who's been supporting The Chris Gethard Show on True TV. It means a lot that so many of you guys are giving it a chance. I know it is far from the same vibe as Beautiful Anonymous, but a lot of you guys have checked it out. That means a lot to me. And also, I'm going out on the road. I'm doing a bunch of stand-up dates, chrisgeth.com. Thanks to everybody who's been checking that out and showing excitement about those things. Very cool of you. I wanted to mention last week's episode was a very hard one and a very uh, fascinating one. It seemed like that was the vibe and all the online feedback I saw. I got tons of tweets. saw a few people actually wrote articles and blog posts about that one. Seemed like it got a cool dialogue going too. The beautiful anonymous Facebook group. There were a lot of people um, really, who really were wrapping their head around it. I thought this was a good representative comment. This was from Alicia. Alicia said, "This was hard. I continually challenged myself to think, what if this was a girl saying the same thing? That really brought it into perspective. It's not comfortable or expected to hear males talk about this, but if it were a female in the same situations, I'd be horrified." Caller, I am in awe of your bravery. Thank you for sharing a story we don't often hear, but need to. A lot of people, especially the last two stories, the caller told a lot of people, going, wow, that can, I guess the, the sec- sexual assault can happen to men in that same way. It's very, one comment that simply said, this happens to dudes more often than you know. And that, that one summed it up in a nice way. Also want to say uh, a huge, massive thank you to the moderators of the beautiful anonymous Facebook community on, uh, online. Um, you know, that's a group with close to 30,000 people now. And it's really active, and I think that's beautiful, and I thank you guys for being part of it. To my knowledge, this is one of the biggest online communities surrounding a podcast there is, end of story. Um, and and that's hard to wrangle, and that was a hard call, and there was a lot of divisive stuff, 
and the moderators really stepped up and were on top of it. And uh, it means so much to me that they help out. So thank you guys all so much. Thank you guys all so much. I know that was a hard week for you guys having to look out for all that stuff. Anyway, this week's episode, sex work. What's the definition of that? I tell you, we talk about it. And I, you'll hear, I am continuously in this call trying to wrap my head around it. I didn't, there's, a, there's, there's all sorts of, there's a whole underground economy. It's a whole underground world revolving around sex. And it, it comes in many forms. And I didn't know that. And this caller experiences that and participates in that in ways that I didn't quite know existed. And uh, this caller lays it all out. And it is fascinating to me. And, uh, I tell you, color color <laughs> was really just in the thick of it, but had such a, a good ability to communicate it and, and, and a good sense of humor about it. And it was eye-opening. It was eye-opening and baffling and, and also just totally, totally in some ways, and I say this without any judgment, there's just a strange world online, man. It's just a strange world online hear all about that and more. Enjoy the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. Oh my god. Oh my god, my back just got all sweaty. Your back just got all sweaty? Is that how we're starting today? Oh my god. Is this Chris? Yeah, it's Chris. What's up with your sweaty back? Oh my god. It's in my top drawer. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. What's in your top okay, drawer? What's in your top drawer? <laughs> a coworker of mine has a migraine and uh, needs some help. So. <laughs> oh, nice. So some sort of. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm like the the pharmacy of my work. Got it. Got it. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, I was like literally like about to hang up. Well, I'm glad you didn't, because now we get to talk for an hour. Or if you hang up, oh. less than that. I mean, I, I don't imagine that you'll say anything to make me want to hang up. Well, that's good. I do want to just say, um, both for you and anybody listening in the future, you'll notice this one sounds a little different. I'm actually at my office at the at the Chris Gethard show. I'm not in the studio today. So if you notice some weird sound stuff, that's why. Oh, you got you to gotta work today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Never get to leave this place. That that's what you get I mean, for following good, your dream. That well, that's what you get for following your goddamn dream. Yeah, yeah, that's that sucks. <laughs> you have to like work at it. Everybody thinks it's going to be so easy, and it's yeah. not. You end up working twelve hours a day, every day, getting yelled at, getting mm. yelled at by everybody all the time, staying in your office, stressed out on the verge of an anxiety attack <laughs> for your dream. I mean. There's worse. I, I won't yell at you. Thank probably. you. That's very nice of you. I won't yell at you either. Maybe. I don't okay. know. Neither of we'll, us can we'll make that promise, that. actually. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, hold on. I need to take my cardigan off. Literally, like, I don't know why that happened. I'm literally, like, so sweaty. Okay, I'm fine. You went from sweaty to fine real quick right there. Yeah, it's fine. It's all fine. Great. Good. Okay. So, uh, I'm assuming that uh, they told you a little bit about what I was going to talk about. Not really. Not really. What do we, uh, we got here? Well, I 
uh, I'm a little bit behind. I'm not officially caught up on all of the new, ep- I think I'm like three episodes behind, but the last one that I listened to was, um, uh, a guy who was a little bit involved in like sex work, I think. Uh-huh. I remember that. And I, um, am actually, uh, well, more part-time now, but I was really involved in sex work. Uh, so I thought maybe it might be a little interesting to get an, an actual sex worker's perspective on uh, how that is. Well, I'm all ears. My ears have perked up. So you were a sex worker. You, <laughs> s- you said you still part-time dabble, it sounds like? Yeah. Um, I mostly do like um, like Fendom and Sugar Daddy, Sugar Baby relationships right now just because I'm finishing school and working full-time. So I had to cut back a little bit on it. Yeah. But, um, so you got exams coming up. That yeah. means less, uh, oh my God. less sugar daddy. On my last term. So femdom. I'm so excited. I'm I'm a pretty. Oh, okay. So first of all, you should know I'm a very open-minded guy, a very liberal guy. Have opinions on sex work, and uh, you no shame with this guy, right here. Say whatever you please. I got your back. Other thing I'll say, just to in my mind, femdom means uh, stuff that maybe we'd all, you know, people who aren't in this world would view as like uh, sort of on the dominatrix end of things. Yeah, basically. Like submissive men paying you to live out their submission fantasies? Basically, yeah. The- um, I mostly try to stay virtual uh, just because I am a very tiny person. So safety is uh, very, very important to me because uh, I'm not going to be kicking anybody's ass anytime soon. Wait, uh, stay virtual. You mean so? You mean like the actual meeting, like the actual sessions are take place online? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, real, real interesting. You wouldn't think that you could do so much over the phone or the computer, but uh, yeah, you actually get some interesting requests. Which oh. I mean, you do in person too, but okay, um, okay, I'm writing down. 85 questions. Give me, give me a second to write down every question. So have you, so is this exclu- is it exclusively virtual or do you, cause the sh- I will say the femdom one, I can see a lot easier cause that's that I could see people who are very fetish driven. Um, but the sugar that you have online sugar daddy relationships, or do you sometimes meet with these guys and have sex? Um, uh, I have actually never had sex with, uh, a sugar daddy. What? Um, yeah, I've never actually had sex with a sugar daddy. Even the one that I do meet up with, there's one that I, uh, hang out with in person. So there's but all the rest of them. I have four other ones. So you have five sugar daddies. Four of them have never met you yeah. in real life. They only, I assume Skype or FaceTime or, or. Google Hangouts, whatever your video uh, video app of choice is. One of them, one of them is over Kick. Is it's it? like solely like I send pictures sometimes, but the other ones, yeah, we have Skype sessions. And and one of them, uh, you just meet yeah, up and you hang out. Me. Yeah, we hang out. Like uh, he he like <laughs> it's still like I know that I'm like into it. Uh, like as a career, you know, sort of like as a side career, but uh, it's still so weird calling somebody daddy to me <laughs> or like 
the one that I hang out with in particular likes calling me mommy and I just have to like hide a shudder every time he does it. You have to keep your, so your job is mostly just to keep a poker face as horny men, with, basically as horny men with fetishes objectify you as the, as the person who will fulfill their fetish. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot less sexual than you would expect. Really? Uh, yeah. Like the one that I hang out with in person, uh, part of the reason I hang out with him is because he's such a softy. He's like a, a little tiny queer bear. Uh, he's a bear. tiny little queer and, bear. Uh, I'm so confused by all bear. of this. I am confused by all of this. He's a tiny little queer <laughs> so bear. That's why I want to talk about it. People have very weird conceptions about it, about sex work. It's so funny. Yeah. I love talking about it because people are always so surprised. So you're pretty open about this in your yeah, life. Uh, I I try to be as much as I can just because I... I want to work to end the stigma around it. Um, like, uh, I'm really interested in politics. I'm going to school for political science. And um, I remember when I first came out uh, to my family as being a cam model, uh, like a couple years ago, and my parents were like, because my parents and I are very open and they're very liberal too. So when I told them, I didn't think it would be a big deal. And my dad was like, well, you realize you can't go into politics now, right? Seems and like it's actually like, I fine. Actually, that seems like it's actually like, kind of a can't part I? of politics. Yeah. So it's yeah. So it really is politically motivated, like everything else. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're doing it for the resume so, down the line. <laughs> I do it on yeah. I do it on principle. <laughs> so, uh, how do you find your clients if this is all? online uh well i mean i'm sure some people might be surprised but i actually started out on reddit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, i started out like uh posting pictures um it really actually started out sort of as like a self-esteem boost for me like i've always had like um i wouldn't say like body image issues but i am sort of the person that's like like you know the phrase like Oh, well, she's got a great personality. I've always applied that to myself because, you know, like I never really thought of myself as beautiful. Um, I mean, I think I'm okay. I kind of look like a, I don't know. I think I look a little bit like a dude, but I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Uh, That's fine. So it started out as like, you know, sort of getting to accept my body and like it and, I didn't even think anything would come of it, but as soon as I started posting, I started getting messages and, uh, it wasn't even the messages that necessarily built up the confidence. It was literally just the fact that like, I was seeing myself through other people and I was like, Oh, huh. like, uh, you know, maybe having small boobs isn't actually that bad. Like maybe guys actually, you know, guys and girls actually do like small pits. Like it's kind of cool. So were you posting, because um, I'll just cop to this, because I'm on record about uh, this. Were you posting on Gone Wild? Because I'm familiar with Gone Wild. I've, I've dabbled. <laughs> I haven't posted, but I know Gone yeah. Wild. Is that where it began? But I'm disappointed. What's that? You got to do it for that self-esteem. I'm disappointed. You got to do it for that self-esteem boost. <laughs> so you're recommending that I, because for anybody who doesn't know. Okay. 
let's just, okay, we'll just put it out there. Uh, Gone Wild is a subreddit where people post uh, nude images of themselves. And it's, uh, pre- it's kind of an infamous thing in the Reddit world. I'd say people can become Reddit famous, if not internet famous, if they blow up on Gone Wild. People uh, post the nude images. And I've, I've, ad- I've talked about in public, I think someone once called The Gethard Show and was like, what kind of porn do you like? And I was like, I'm not ashamed. Of- I like Gone Wild because I know people are posting it on their own and I know there's no exploitation and I know it's not, you know, I'm sure some people have, have some issues, but... Uh, in general, it seems a little more above board and empowered. So I actually know Gone Wild. There's a chance, not to get awkward, there is a chance. I, a I chance have seen pictures of boob. you naked. There's a chance I have seen your boobs. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's a, yeah, that's a chance. That's that's a thing. There's a decent percentage uh, chance. Yeah, that so, you, where, so did you blow up a little on Reddit? Uh, you know, I mostly was on like Petite Gone Wild. Um, Petite, there's a yes. subreddit called uh, called Tiny Tits. If you know that, uh, I made a big boom there. You did. You made a big splash uh, in Tiny really Tits. Where I got it. You made a real big splash I know. in tiny well, tits. I guess I made a tiny splash. <laughs> you did a big. So you're a big fish in a tiny tit pond. Exactly. Wow. Just me and my uh, actually, uh, when I was a kid, we would like make superhero names for ourselves, and uh, I guess not like kids. We we're like in middle school, but my superhero name was Anti Boob. Oh wow, Anti Boob. I know. So they're, you they're, they're growing a little bit. <laughs> so you're putting but, your pictures uh, putting your pictures in these forums because maybe you've got a little self, low self esteem. People start responding positively start gaining momentum and, and people are following you. And then what happens? People start, re- yeah. people start reaching out and offering you money. Uh, well, so initially I got a lot of um, questions about like, do you cam? Um, do you do private Skype sessions? Do you have a Snapchat? Like those kinds of things. And I had ever, I had never actually really heard of camming. Um, like my partner would watch cam models on like Chatterbait and uh, I'm five, you know, so like we would watch it sometimes together and I was like, Oh my God, like this is kind of cool. Like, you know, like it's a site where people are only on there if they want to be, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they can just do whatever they want. And so when people started suggesting I get an account, I was like, yeah, I mean, sure. If you guys want, like I'll do that. Um, so I, that's kind of what started it. I made a website, I made a Snapchat account. Um, people generally had to pay for it. I had sort of like a little grace period where people that were like my original fans, uh, got it for free. But after a certain point, people had to start paying for it. Um, yeah. And I started camming. And is that good money? Which was, uh, uh, it can be, it was for a while. I mean, I was, um, unemployed for a couple months and it pretty much paid all of my bills. So, which is not cheap where I live. Wow. That's rad. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, uh, it's, ah, it's a little awkward because like <laughs> most, you know, like for the most part, like you can't like see the people you're interacting with. Uh, the only way you can really talk with them is like, you know, over chat. And mm-hmm. so you're kind of just sitting in your room with a camera pointed at you. 
and uh, you're just <laughs> by yourself, like just sitting there and you have to sort of make your own show. Yeah. I mean, you probably know that's like you're a comedian. You have to sort of decide how you're going to entertain all of these people just staring at you, except it's a little scarier because you're naked. Wow. I never, th- I never thought about that, that being a, a cam model, you do have to work the crowd. You do have to keep the crowd engaged. You got to keep them focused on you. You got to make sure they don't just start talking amongst themselves and that you're kind of defining the momentum of the experience so that it's on your terms and not theirs. We have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's sort of where I got the, so I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a really big feminist. I'm a huge feminist. And, um, I also try to be as not misandrist as possible. I try really hard not to hate men. It's really hard when you start learning about the the patriarchy. Um, and so I think maybe that is what fueled the fendom part of me, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh-huh. So if guys so wa- if I, guys want to pay so, for you to uh for you to insult them and 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 make them lesser that's fun for you too. Right. I yeah. think men should give me all of their money. <laughs> they don't need it. It's going to go to it. I'm like the, I'm like the Robin hood of sugar babies. So you're just taking money from That's as many I, men as you can to put it in your terms. This money will go back into the, yeah. uh, back into the economy based on your decisions. Yeah. And then I also sort of become like a, like a sugar mom at all of my friends. And it's really cool. Cause you know, like I've been sort of doing that with some of my friends. Like I have some friends that have some self-esteem problems and I'm like, dude, I'm going to buy you some lingerie. I'm going to get a Polaroid camera and we're going to do a photo shoot and you're going to feel fucking awesome. And it works. It's really fun. So you've had, and I don't have to pay for a fucking thing. <laughs> Wow. So you, so you've built a, a, like you, you've started to build like a network of friends who, who are all participating in this together. Yeah. My friends think it's hilarious. Now. Okay. Okay. First of all, good call. Second of all, like I said, so many questions. I want to, I want to just ask some of the basic questions. First one being so yeah, for, go ahead. for kick, I'm, I've never had kick. My understanding is that it's like a, it's like a mostly a text based, it's like a texting app, right? Like it's almost like a WhatsApp type thing. Yeah. Right? Is it a little more anonymous? Yeah, is that the you appeal? don't have to like have your number. Okay. Okay. So WhatsApp reveals your phone yeah. number. Kick does not. Yeah, well, I mean, it's connected to your phone number. Like, it, like to use WhatsApp, you have to have your phone number associated with it, whereas with Kick, you don't have to. Okay, that's good. And I like that this is becoming an instructional guide on how to participate in anonymous online virtual sex. This episode's going to oh, get some downloads. I have PowerPoints. Oh, I want to see all <laughs> Send me the link. Send me the link. My, re- my Reddit name's Chris, <laughs> Chris Gethard. <laughs> Easy to remember. But so... <laughs> So you have these relationships. Um, do people pay you like a monthly fee? Is it per a session? Is it a certain number of exchanges that they get before you have to cut them off? Um, it depends sort of on what we want to do. So, for example, Bear, the one that I hang out with in person, um, we he generally how he and I work is he'll pay to hang out with me. So... If he wants to come over and watch Queer Eye with me for a couple hours, 
you know, I usually charge like a hundred bucks an hour. So that ends up being like a couple hundred bucks. He pays you $100 um, an hour to sit on your couch and watch Netflix with you? Yeah. I mean, I play with his hair sometimes. You play with his hair. And that's, a, that's honest to God as far as it's gone. Yep. I mean, like I've hugged him before. You've had what before? But I've hugged him before. You know, I've given him a hug. <laughs> and he gives you $100 an hour. Yeah. Or like... The thing I like about him is I can pretty much just hit him up whenever and just be like, hey, I want to order Postmates. Can you give me 30 bucks? And he'll be like, yes, of course, queen. And, you know, then then I have 30 bucks. I have to tell you, Harry and Jared are in my office with me as we tape this. (laughs) All three of us are sitting here with what can only be described as the most bewildered looks on our faces. How did you, you know, get this sweet ass that gig? I have when I get it? How did you get this sweet ass gig? I think that's a good question, right? How do you get a gig like this? I bet there's some people out there wondering. Well, maybe we'll get more specifics on that when we come back. In the meantime, we got ads. They got promo codes. Use them if you uh, are so inclined. It helps the show when you do. We'll be right back with more phone call. Clementine Maria was six years old when her mother and father began to speak in whispers, when neighbors began to disappear. In 1994, she and her 15-year-old sister, Claire, fled the Rwandan massacre, spent the next six years migrating through seven African countries searching for safety. They were hungry, imprisoned, abused, enduring and escaping refugee camps. It's a very human story that we're talking about. Clementine was 12. She and her sister were granted refugee status in the United States. Clementine was taken in by a family, raised her as their own, and on the surface, lived the American dream. Private school, cheerleading, ultimately graduating from Yale. Yet, the years of being treated as less than human, of going hungry, of seeing death, couldn't be erased. In The Girl Who Smiled Beads, authors Clementine and Elizabeth Weil provoke us to look beyond the label of victim, to recognize the power of imagination to transcend even the most profound injuries and aftershocks. Devastating yet beautiful, The Girl Who Smiled Beads is a powerful testament to Clementine's commitment to constructing a life on her own terms. Are you hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find those great people. There's got to be a better system than just posting your job online and then praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thanks to all the advertisers who helped this show happen. Now let's get back to the phone call. How did you get this sweet-ass gig? Uh, that is... Honestly, you I must, think it's... <laughs> honestly, it's what? It's bizarre, isn't it? Do I you think just, it's... Uh, I think it's because I'm a nice person. And do you just... I mean, like... Do you I, just laugh all the way to the bank? I listen to them. Uh, I mean, 
mean to myself. I don't laugh to them. That would right. be so mean. Right. Uh, but I mean, I'm a fairly emotionally intelligent person. So a lot of it is like, you know, there's like actually a lot of emotional labor that people don't yeah. really think about that goes into sex work. Like a lot of sex workers will tell you that it's really not about the sex. Like sex is kind of a misnomer. Like, of course people are there to like see you naked and whatever, but a lot of the time it's people that just want to have conversations and just want to talk about like, so with bear, he's like the example I'll use, like, uh, he's in a relationship and a lot of the time he'll talk to me about like, Hey, like my girlfriend is going through like some PTSD stuff from her abusive ex. Like what's a way that I can help her? You know, like, how can I help her adjust to this? What can I do to be a good partner to her? And I sort of counsel him. So it's almost, a, it's almost like a therapy relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's really just like, you know, like I don't take on clients that I wouldn't be friends with because you really do have to have some sort of an authentic relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't fake it. Like people that are just, cause I mean, I'm in it obviously for the money. It's awesome. But I'm also in it because I think that a lot of men just really want emotional connection and want to learn how to have emotional connections with other people. And that's why I do it. You know, it's like 60, 40. Okay. And how much, how much do you get paid for the virtual only sessions, these kick relationships? Uh, well, the one on kick that I have, um, his is generally like a month, like a monthly stipend. So he'll send me, I would say like, it's usually like two to $3,000 a month. What? But that's for like, <laughs> what? It's actually not that much. Yes, it is. Well, I mean, it is, but it's not like that much compared to like some of the other girls. That's more than my mortgage. Oh my God. I'm sorry. You're getting too. Do you want to get in on this? <laughs> yeah. What do I got to do? How? Uh, I'll just hand over my kick account to you. Oh, a day. A Chris Gethers, the guy from beautiful anonymous, the takeover. <laughs> All of a sudden people start getting uh, <laughs> pictures of a different kind. Wait, how many hours are you working? How much of an investment of your time are you giving over for two to $3,000 a month? And that's for one person or total amongst those four? Uh, that's just for the kick. That's just for one? That's for, uh, yeah, that's for, we call him Poppy. <laughs> so there's a guy named Poppy who gives you two to three grand a month, which is more yeah, than... Yeah, but I mean, that's so that he can talk to me anytime he wants. I mean, like day or night, 24-7. Okay, great. But two That's to, a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah, but okay. You, but let's be honest. Let's be honest. People are so exhausting, Chris. <laughs> Men are so exhausting. Like, sorry not to get into the misandry, but do you realize how exhausting, emotionally unintelligent men are? Like, it's so much effort. Oh, for sure. But I mean, I think, I think emotionally un. I think there's people in general who are exhausting, right? I've had relationships with exhausting yeah. females. I, I do find people exhausting. Yeah, humans in general. Yeah. But then there's a lot of good ones, yeah. too. Two to three grand a month from Poppy. 
that's pretty nice. Why are you even working a day gig? Uh, because I want the benefits and I also sort of, I like having stability, if that makes sense. Like, I, not that like they aren't stable necessarily, but I like knowing that I am providing myself and with money and that I, it's also for the health insurance. Right. And there's also the chance, I would imagine, that this dries up at some point. Right, exactly. And <laughs> that's sort of why I stopped camming. Listen, you and I, you and I are, are, are recording this two days before tax season, and there's a high percentage chance that Poppy, <laughs> Poppy's accountant in two days, Poppy's accountant opens up the, his file and goes, Hey, Poppy, the fuck is this $36,000 expense? <laughs> For you to talk to someone on a worried about app. Poppy. So Poppy's a fucking billionaire. I should be huh? asking him for a lot more. Uh, Poppy's. Uh, he gets off easy. So, so this guy like uh, it's. I remember it's Poppy Bill Gates. What's going I, on? Right. I actually um I I let him stay a little bit more anonymous just because um I think he is a little bit more of like a higher end client. So I like to afford him some privacy. Um, which is why I refer to him as Poppy. Uh, so that's all you know him Like, as. oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I remember the first time I realized, like, holy shit, this guy is not joking. When uh, he showed me, he, like, walked, like, did a video walkthrough of his, like, I can't, I don't even feel like apartment is the right word. There has to be a word for, like, apartment mansion because, oh my God. Yeah. It was, like, eight rooms with like a living room that's like bigger than my apartment like oh my god i wanted to kill myself i was like uh where where is mine (laughs) so all told all five guys on average how much you pulling down a month for these sugar daddy relationships uh gosh i'm so bad at math which i really shouldn't be um i would probably say Close to like eight to ten thousand dollars a month. You're making six figures a year, or just under it, for texting people uh, on well, your phone and hanging out with him, yeah. touching his hair. Kudos to you. Kudos to you, my friend. <laughs> Kudos to well, you. I mean, it's not like I'm living lavishly or anything. Like I still, you know, like I still shop at like Winco and like try to live i mean like i'm paying off student loans i'm helping my family you know it's not like i'm just over here like buying louis vuittons or whatever it is the kids do nowadays you're not popping bottles in the club making it rain oh god no i can't even really drink that much i'm so boring (laughs) and is this uh is this income do you do you pay taxes on it or is this all under the table Uh, i mean i should (laughs) I think I should be, and I'm really hoping I never get audited. <laughs> you got to launder this? You got to pretend uh, you own a car wash like Walter White? Um, buy a car I wash. Use, I use cash apps, and I try to spread it out. So, like, with PayPal, if you uh, if you get more than 2500 a year through PayPal, uh, they automatically report it to the IRS, and you have to send them, like, information for it. Mm-hmm. So I use PayPal for two of my Skype clients because um, their revenue doesn't get anywhere near that. Right. 
And uh, for Bear, we use the Cash app because it's instant, and he's usually the he's like my ATM. Okay. Speaking of bear, so, you referred like to him having... as a little queer bear. <laughs> Does this mean, do you mean, yeah. because that is a phrase, calling someone a bear means someone who's a little bit larger and hairier in the gay world. Do you mean he's a queer bear mm-hmm. in that sense? Or is he a straight man that you just yeah. have nicknamed? This is a, this is a homosexual yeah. male? Well, he's bisexual. Like I said, he has a okay. girlfriend. Okay. But, okay. Um, he's right, very, right, very right. queer. You have, you live in. Yeah. You live in a very specific fringe of the world. I like hearing about it. <laughs> like hearing and you about would it. literally like never guess. Like if you saw me walking down the street, you wouldn't think that I, I mean, like I don't think that I dress lavishly or anything because I'm, I wasn't really raised like that. Like I was raised, you know, I wouldn't say like incredibly poor, but I mean, it's not like we were able to go on vacations all the time and, you know, my parents would fight about money a lot. And especially after my parents got divorced, like I had to get another underground job when I was like 14 to help take care of my siblings because my dad was out of the picture and my mom would like sleep all day and then be out for days at a time partying. So when you say underground job, like, what does that mean? I realize that sounds a little like, it's just, I don't like throwing, I mean, I used to help my friend deal drugs, so, uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh, because my mom, like, wouldn't, like, basically the money she got from my dad during the divorce, she wouldn't use for us, so I had to, like, you know, feed my little brother and my little sister. Wow. So and, you've always um, been a I had a friend who's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to when you're in that situation, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, like, the against sex work was because I was unemployed. Like I needed, I needed something. Wow. Do you find, uh, the sex work takes a toll emotionally or on your own romantic Mm -hmm. life or in any way? Um, yeah, I mean, it can get, I mean, like it was definitely more exhausting like when I started, because I just, I wasn't used to like the volume, like it really is like feeling overwhelmed. Like, you know, cause you like you, I mean, like, and I'm sure people that like, there are probably women that post that like are listening that post on here. Like when you post, you get hundreds of messages, like hundreds. And sometimes they're really fucked up. And that's coming from somebody that has seen fucked up messages. Wow. Like, these are the messages you, know, you get you on get Reddit? That, huh? Are these the messages you get on Reddit? Yeah. So yeah, you, that's you, usually how I pick up clients. So you post a picture on Reddit, hundreds of messages come in. What type of fucked up stuff are we talking? Oh, God, here, let me go through my messages one second. Let me see if I can... Uh, I mean, like, even if they're not fucked up, like, you know, like, I'm just looking at it right, right now, like, scrolling through, like, seeing... If I fly out to see you, can we fuck? Oh, well, hello there, gorgeous. What's your opinion on taking men? Uh, I just have to let you know you look so sexy. Which Pokemon does it? Oh, I have a Pokemon necklace. Uh, (laughs) You know, like, just like tons of things. Like, it's, let's see, do you accept offers to cheer you up from lonely men? 
like, I mean, if that cheering up means money, then sure. But like here, let me see. God, there was one, I can't remember like obviously verbatim what it was, but basically it was like probably like a five paragraph message outlining this like very detailed, like rape fantasy that this guy had. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, which was pretty alarming. Hoobly. Yeah, that was um, that was very very startling, especially since I'm like a you know I'm a survivor of sexual assault. So that will definitely not be something I don't think you could pay me enough to do. Oh, yeah, that seems like one to avoid. That seems like one yeah, to avoid. Yeah, I usually tend to uh, report those people. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, but when I do get those messages, I also tend to suggest to the person to seek help, like to seek some sort of uh, psychiatric help. Right. I don't just ignore them. You know, I'll say, look, like, I'm not really into this. Um, if this is something you're seriously considering acting out, I would suggest going to a professional psychiatrist, discuss best ways you can do this, what's causing you to think this, if it's truly just something you want and not something you're actually intending to do, then cool, you'll find somebody, but um, I don't do those. Yeah. So do you date? Like, um, do you know who Dan Savage is? Yeah, I know who Dan Savage is. Yeah, so uh, he calls those, like, he likes to call those ravishment, they're, like, uh, I think they're ravishment fantasies. Uh you know, so like you can kind of tell the difference between like rape fantasies and ravishment fantasies, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And to answer your question, yeah, I actually have a partner. We've been together for two and a half years. This will be our third year. Yeah. And your partner, I would imagine you seem so open. Your partner's well aware of your, uh, your, mm -hmm. your sidekick. How do they feel about it? Yeah. Um, He's actually the one that encouraged me to post on Reddit the first oh, time. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. You mentioned that. Yeah. Um, so he is totally happy about it. Like, I mean, he's he's great. He's honestly, like, anytime I, you know, because, like, we're in an open relationship, so we always check in with each other before we do anything, with, you know, even with, like, my sex work. And he's always of the mindset, like, do whatever makes you happy, you know? Wow. Which is nice. Wow. If you don't have a partner telling you to do what makes you happy, then maybe you should reconsider your relationship. Right. Of course. I mean, unless doing what makes you happy is like harming other people, then definitely yeah. don't do that. Or hurting them, at which point you got to have a discussion about that. Yeah. Exactly. Everything with emotional intelligence. Now, you're studying political science. What is it that you want to uh, accomplish in the world of politics? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> such a big question. I mean, I'd like to get, I mean, okay, in a perfect world, I would become president and bitch slap this country into shape. But um, I don't think that'd make for a very good slogan. I think that's um, a great slogan. <laughs> a great slogan. I think, I think I could probably get away with it. <laughs> Who would your I running mate? This, who's I the ideal today, running mate? If you run for president with the slogan, I'm going to bitch slap this country into shape, who's your ideal running mate? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I feel like this is maybe a little bit, maybe I would change my mind, but I really dig Cardi B right now. I think maybe she would be my VP. Cardi B. 
I thought you were going to say yeah. like Cory Booker. <laughs> no, I don't. I I mean, unless I came into somebody that uh, so maybe was, you know, like in line with what I was wanting to do. Sure. But I mean, I gonna say if Tammy we're going to go with people, I'd totally pick Cardi B. Cardi B. This bitch slapped this country. I place. love her. Wow. Yep. Wow. And she would just stand there and go, oh, now, can I ask how old you are? Is that is that inappropriate? You don't have to share, but can I ask how old you oh, are? Oh, no. Yeah, I am 23. 23? Wow, you've lived a lot for 23. Yeah. it's like, I can't believe people expect me to do this for another, like, 60 years. Do what? Just in general, That's stay exciting. alive? Yeah, just in general, stay alive. Thank God you. I'm on the left. We're, I tell you, uh, well, I'm on Lamictal and Wellbutrin over here. I tell you, I was walking down the street yesterday. I'm about to turn 38 next month. And I was walking down the street running. I was like running late to the comedy cellar, stressed about when we get there on time. Got off the subway and I was like, in my head, pops into my head. I'm like, you're, you're, not, you're like probably maybe halfway through life. You have to double this. You have to double this bullshit. Oh my god! I tell you, I sometimes and you're just like, why? I know. I sometimes sit around and get actually mad that modern medicine has expanded the human lifespan so much. I'm like, I'm turning 38. I should be a great grandfather on my deathbed, biologically. Right. People. Biologically, people should be like respecting you yeah. and your opinions oh, as an yeah. elder. I would love to see that day come. I would love to see that day come. My repi- my. <laughs> Opinions get respected. Someday that'll happen. Someday that'll happen. Elder Gethard. Oh, boy. That'll be the day. That'll be the day. Ugh. Human lifespan. At least I have Way a good retirement long. plan. Yeah, what's your retirement plan? Uh, it's actually the only part of my life that I actually have planned out in some detail. Uh, when I turn 64, I'm going to sing the Beatles song. Uh, that's like I. That's mm-hmm. like one of the reasons I never committed suicide is because I have to turn 64 and sing that song. My one goal. Wow. Uh, but goal. after I turn 64, I'm going to retire to Canada and get a fleet of Russian bear dogs and raise them on a farm. And then when America dissolves into its next civil war, I'm going to ride into battle with my fleet of Russian bear dogs and take over. What are you talking about? Russian bear dogs. A squadron of Russian bear. Few things have deserved a what are you talking about more in the history of this show than this particular stretch. I need to get my head together after that. You know what? Ads. That's a great way to get your head together. Advertisements for products and services that you might need in your life. Check them out. Use the promo codes. Helps the show when you do. We'll be back soon with more phone call. Breakfast. That's how you start your day. You want to start that day right. You want to come out of the gate strong with something that makes you happy, right? You're looking for a breakfast that's worth skipping the snooze button. Thomas's is the only breakfast brand that delivers a one of a kind eating experience with its original nooks and crannies English muffin. There's nothing quite like it. You remember it from when you're a kid. You remember it from recent times because you're addicted. How can you not be? These things are delicious. That nooks and crannies texture, perfectly toasted. Irresistible crispy edges, a soft, warm center. Take it from a true fan. I've been eating these things since I was about three years old. Okay? I'm about to turn 38. This is three and a half decades of experience. You can't beat the texture. 
There's a secret too. You want to reveal that texture, that perfect nooks and crannies goodness? Pull it apart gently. Okay, get that Thomas's English muffin split into halves. Don't use a knife. It's 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 the brute way. It's the brutish way. Use a fork if you have to. Pry it open. Toast each half. Get that butter on it right away. Roy, when it comes out of that toaster, you get that butter on there so it can melt in. And so those nooks and crannies can collect it in little pools. The dough can soak some of it up, giving it a delicious burst of flavor. And every warm, toasty, buttery bite, if you haven't had them already, you gotta. You gotta toast and butter some Thomas's Nooks and Crannies English muffins. They're truly like no other. Thanks again to everybody who advertises on this show and helps us bring it to the world. Now, let's finish off the phone call. And when America dissolves into its next civil war, I'm going to ride into battle with my fleet of Russian bear dogs and take over. What are you talking about? (laughs) Don't tell me that that isn't the greatest plan ever. What are Russian bear dogs and why are you going to build an army of them? What are you talking about? Uh, Because they're... Fucking cute. They're so cute. Look, like, Google it. You have a computer, right? Google yeah. Russian bear dogs. They're so cute. I'm in front of my... They're big, fluffy dogs. Let me look at this. And so, like, I'm a tiny person. I'm, like, 5'2", weigh about, like, 100 pounds. I could ride a, bear, a Russian bear dog easily. Yeah, these dogs are huge. I'm looking them up now. These dogs are huge. Yeah. You weren't kidding. Yeah. I mean, you could probably ride one. So you're going to you're gonna be, go and... Be, Okay. Okay. This is taking a minute. You can come visit my farm of Russian bear dogs. In 40 years. In 40 years, I'll be 78 yeah. years old. Come visit your farm of Russian yeah, bear dogs. Yeah, you'll still be young. You'll still be getting pissed off about having to go through another 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, why did they invent penicillin? Whoever, invent, whoever invented penicillin <laughs> is a monster. No, penicillin has saved you many, know, many lives. Who else is a monster? Who's that? The person that invented microwaves. Why did you let me have a thing that can enable me to eat such shitty food? Yeah, the penicillin and microwave industry has dominated American life for far too long. No, before I hear about it, before people start tweeting at me, let me just say penicillin has saved many, many lives. I'm aware of that. I was making jokes. <laughs> I am a comedian. Of course, I don't think that penicillin microwaves is a bad thing. Microwaves have also saved lots of lives. Yeah, I mean, without microwaves, you got don't, no hot pockets. Who wants to live in a world without hot pockets? Uh, I think anybody that's ever eaten a hot pocket and had it ravage their stomach would well, probably uh, agree with us. <laughs> so you just cost me one potential advertiser. Looks like Hot Pockets is never going to oh, get on board with old beautiful anonymous. <laughs> Order Hot Pockets today. Yeah, well, promo code is uh, <laughs> <laughs> promo code is sex work four twenty. Yeah, <laughs> promo code is tiny tits. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god now do you Petite have hot pockets is this something you plan on riding out because you're 23 years old i mean this is something that could last a while in your life or are you looking for an exit strategy on this um i mean i could pretty much end it whenever i want you know like i'm not like contractually obligated to any of these people although i've had people ask if i would ever sign a contract with them which uh, no thanks what's that like a non-disclosure type thing uh, yeah. Or like, uh, I've had a couple people like want to, um, like basically have me be a live in with them, but I would have to sign Whoa. some sort of like, sort of like an NDA, Whoa. uh, which I'm not about. 
but you'll go like get a room in some rich person's house and they'll have you there and you'll be like an employee of some weird LLC that's just a bunch of numbers and letters. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Just somewhere in like the Maldives or whatever. That would actually be kind of cool. If somebody, (laughs) if anybody wants to take me to the Maldives. Is it Maldives? I think it's Maldives. Can we look up the pronunciation on that? Oh, is it Maldives? Maldives. Okay, you know what? We all I've learned always said Maldives. What's that? I've always said Maldives, and I've had so many friends say Maldives. Maldives. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I never felt like that was right. Is that the one off the coast of Sri Lanka Maybe. where I just was? Oh, Sri Lanka would be great too. Sri Lanka is beautiful. Oh my god, it was the best. No, and I, you got three people in this room all separately looking up how to pronounce Maldives. Maldives. <laughs> Thank you. Some someone just played the you. Was I <laughs> You were. I don't. Could you hear was that? I, wrong? I don't know if that was Jared or Harry. No, that, I didn't. Jared got his computer to say the word Maldives. Maldives. But yeah. So it is Maldives. I think it is the one off the coast of Sri Lanka, where I just was. Best That's such a like boring Americanized way to pronounce such a beautiful place. Maybe that's just me, but that's just like Maldives. Like I don't know. It sounds like a shitty dive bar somewhere. Can I ask you a hard question? Sure. You mentioned your parents brought some drama into your life. Mention. Oh yeah. Mention that you had to. Uh, you know help your your siblings survive you mentioned that you dealt drugs to that now you're in sex work an interesting layer of sex work not what everybody thinks of when they think of sex work something that sounds like at the very least it's not the most at the very least not the most physically risky type of sex work there's there's, yeah which is why i like it yeah and i mean there's definitely other types out there but do you do you consider your participation in sex work an extension of the hard aspects of your life or is it separate in your mind? Um, I mean, that's like the question, you know, is a lot of people assume that people that get into sex work have been victims of sexual assault or abuse, um, which I mean, a lot of that is true, but I think you would be hard pressed to find any industry that doesn't have people that were subjected to sexual abuse. You know what I mean? So I think maybe on some level, I just am more accustomed to being in industries that you sort of have to struggle to be in. But I've also always been a very independent person. You know, like my parents used to make fun of me because like, you know, like my little brother was a mama's boy. My little sister was a daddy's girl and I could have given a shit about either of them. So yeah. I've always been pretty independent and I think being, uh, I don't like being told what to do when to do it. Uh, having an office job is very difficult for somebody like me because I do not have an office personality. Yeah. <sighs> do you consider yourself so difficult? A, would you, did you consider yourself a happy person? Um, I think I'm definitely getting there. I, I'm a lot happier now than I was five years ago. Yeah, I would definitely say that. Um, I don't know. I mean, is anybody really happy? I don't know. I think having depression is sort of like, I don't know, it kind of skews how you view happiness. Like, to me, happiness is not being depressed, you know? 
Right. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Hitting a neutral point. Hitting a neutral point where yeah. your head is clear is a, is a good place yeah. to be. Yeah. But I mean, I have been pretty happy recently. Like, um, so my partner and I have been together for a couple of years now. And uh, he finally told me he loves me, which uh, fucking finally. <laughs> uh, so that was really nice. That's made me real happy lately. Kept me going a little bit. We haven't. The term I tell, is real difficult. You and I haven't been uh, saying sorry, Sally, after we curse, but that's for anybody listening and wondering oh, no. why. No, I told my, I told myself I would apologize to your mom and to Aunt Sally. I'm so sorry. I'm telling <laughs> but it's you, going to keep happening. I was just going to say that we don't have to apologize because she turned this one off a while ago. She turned this one off a while. Okay. as soon as she heard sex work. She went click. <laughs> As soon as you were like, I'm a sex oh, worker, no. and I was like, that's cool. She was like, I don't want to know what my son no, thinks about No, but mom, I could give you so many tips. <laughs> oh, okay, let's watch it. Let's watch it. Let's watch it. <laughs> Not sex tips. I mean, obviously, she didn't <laughs> okay. need any help with that. You're here. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> let's everybody take a deep breath, All right, I'll please. dial it back. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to start yelling at me. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. What would you say? Um, uh, but yeah, the sort of yeah. Go ahead. I'm gonna ask because you seem so well adjusted in conversation, but you've described a lot of hard stuff, and you've also described a life now that is technically still outside the law, right? Maybe I don't know. Is it? Would you? Yeah, say? yeah. What was yeah, it? it it definitely is. Like doing escorts, escort stuff. That's definitely not legal. Mm-hmm. And cam work is sort of a gray area. What would you say? Uh, what would you say is the thing that defines you the most, or has defined you the most? Because you mentioned so much. Mm-hmm. God, that's such a hard question. Um, I think, honestly, I think the thing that like has sort of defined me the most is. Honestly, I think, um, do you know what IB is? The International Baccalaureate Program? Did not see this coming. Did not see this answer coming. <laughs> no, fill me in on the International Baccalaureate Program. Did I pronounce that right? Uh, yeah. So basically, it's a two-year program for high school students. They do it their junior and senior year. And so, you know, you have like regular high school classes, early college classes, AP classes, and then IB is like way up there. Like, um, so I did this program in high school and it was probably the hardest thing that I've ever done. Like college is a fucking breeze compared to IB. And it destroyed my psyche when I graduated. Like it fucking ruined me. Like there's a month of testing that you have to do at the end of it that covers all two years of your study. And I basically like lived on a blanket in my living room for a month, like preparing and doing these tests. And, you know, on top of going through a divorce, which really ended up lasting five years. Is um, that your your parents divorce? You know, my parents are divorced. Yeah. And that's what, so not you, you weren't divorced. No, not me. Jesus Christ. I would never, oh my God, if I, first of all, I would never get married. And if I did get married, that bitch is signing a prenup. 
like dead ass never dealing with that. Just to make sure I heard right, you did just say the phrase, that bitch is getting a prenup. That is what I heard? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just making yes. sure. Just making sure that I heard the phrase, <laughs> that bitch is getting a prenup. Just making sure. <laughs> I mean, I work in a law firm. I have to know what that is. So, uh, so school. Yeah, I think. Not the divorce, yeah, not being a I survivor of sexual assault. School. School is what fucked you up the most. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say, I think sexual assault has certainly shaped me into who I am today, but not for reasons that I think people would think. It's not that it, I mean, it is traumatizing and it is something that I still work through. You know, I still get panic attacks sometimes when something triggers me a little bit. But I think what it did for me was get me interested in feminism. Um, like, so the day after I was first assaulted when I was 15, um, we had sex ed class that day. And apparently we were doing a rape prevention class. And my teacher was like a 50 year old white dude from Texas who should not have been teaching sex ed. And, uh, he started the class by saying, let's say you're running late to school, you get in your car, you start your car and you realize you forgot your backpack in your house. So you leave your keys in your car, you go back into your house to get your backpack and you come back out and your car is gone. Whose fault is it? And everybody in the class was like the asshole that stole your car. And he was like, no, you know, you have a responsibility to keep yourself safe. And then he pauses and goes, rape is kind of like that. Oh, geez. And as, you know, and I didn't know anything about rape culture, about victim blame, but something in me knew that that wasn't right. Like, as guilty as I felt in that moment, and as disgusting as I felt in that moment, I knew it wasn't me, but I didn't know why. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... So I started researching and I got really interested in feminism and feminist theory and, you know, sort of went through the typical things that, you know, people go through when they learn about a huge oppressive system. You know, you get angry and you want to learn more. Um, So I think maybe that did change who I am in a lot of ways and sort of started me on my lifelong passion of feminism and advocacy. But I think ultimately it was, I think what shapes my life now is trying to put the pieces back together after a really grueling educational experience, especially going through college at the same time. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, I never never liked school myself either. Never liked school myself. Oh my God, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no. It's not worth it. <laughs> and my mom's going to kill me if this comes up again. You get, people should, I'm sorry, oh mom. But it sounds like it served you well. Like you, you're working in a law firm. You're, you're still going to school, it sounds like, right? Political science, still studying it. Yep. It's my last term. Graduate in June. And that, that's with your bachelor's degree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're yep, not- Bachelor of Arts, because I don't want to do math. Yeah, screw math. Math is... uh fuck math. No bueno. So you're at work right now. Yeah, I'm on my lunch break. I decided to take my lunch super early. <laughs> <laughs> How's your co-worker's migraine doing? 
Uh, you know, I haven't asked. I should message him and see how he's doing. I love making fun of him. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I'll ask how he's doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see him? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm at work right now. Um, actually, how much longer on our call do we have? We have about five minutes. But if you got to go, you could be oh, the Jesus. second hang-up in history. Nah, I do what I want. <laughs> yeah. Be fine. Yeah, I get that impression. I get that impression. <laughs> I'm the office assistant. I'm not doing anything crazy right now. And wait, are there days where you're texting Pappy all day and he's, uh, he's coming on strong and it's emotionally exhausting and you get home and your partner needs some attention and you just don't have it left in you? Um... No, I don't think so. At least not with my partner. Like he's, he's very like low key. Like I think if we didn't live together and if I didn't talk to him all the time, we would probably like never talk or see each other. (laughs) He would be like perfectly content to just stay at home on his video games all day. All right. So he's real easy. I'm the like high maintenance one in our relationship. I'm like, can we hang out 24 seven? Like, I don't <laughs> even want to do anything. I just want to like sit next to you. <laughs> That's nice. You just sit next to him while he plays video games. Yeah. Just sit there messaging all of my, all of my clients. <laughs> <laughs> so there's nights you have where he'll be playing video games and you'll be on the couch with your feet up on his lap. He's holding the controller high and you're, uh, Texting a mysterious uh, millionaire you only know as Poppy, who's telling you about all of his sexual fantasies towards you, and then you occasionally text him a naked picture. That's a thing that happens in your life on a semi-regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it helps me figure out like things to say. Okay, we're going to bleep. Oh, no, I said his name. We're going to bleep the partner's <laughs> name. So Poppy doesn't know this, but there's some times where your partner... Is like, yeah, tell Poppy, uh, Poppy would like it if you said this. Like your partner is sometimes giving you that perspective of like, all right, you know, you know what you tell Poppy. Uh, yeah. Tell Poppy you're going to step on his nuts. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Poppy's so such a weirdo. <laughs> Poppy is definitely the weirdest client I've ever had. I wish I could tell you more stories of him. Poppy likes pain. But like every once in a while, your partner's like, tell Poppy you're going to uh, make him wear a dog leash and drag him around on the floor. And if he tries to prop himself up on his hands and knees, you're going to put your high heel on the side of his neck. Oh, my God. Do you want to hear kind of a gross story? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I figured. I just wanted to make sure consent is important. Thank you so much. You're teaching um, me. You're teaching me. <laughs> teaching moment. Learning moment. So... Uh, part of what got Poppy and I started is he really liked these boots I used to wear. Um, they were like super gross. Like they had like holes in the toes and the heels were all run down and broken. Like I could never wear them when it rained because my feet would just get soaked. He loved these things. I don't know why was like in love with these shoes. And so he paid me to mail them to him. (laughs) Uh Uh, and then uh, he, as soon as he got them, he called me and he was like, what do you want me to do with them? Well, <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, what do you want to ask me to do with them? Right. Let's step outside and the fantasy minute like, and give me some guidance here, Poppy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he wanted to lick them clean. Whoa. So I told him I gave him permission. 
And uh, he cleaned those shoes probably better than they had been cleaned since I saw them, like on the on the shelf. <laughs> I did not do a video for that because I was gagging so bad. Oh my god, it was so bad. But then, do you have I had to, to take write? Though, friend, so I didn't throw up. <laughs> so you're, you're fighting back vomit, but then do you have to write him and say like, "Oh, that turns me on, you pig." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I had my voice on, so like I'm like muting every time I'm gagging, and then coming back on and encouraging him. And you're like, lick those boots clean, you slave. And then you put it on mute, and you're like, oh, God, yeah. oh, God, oh, God. And you come back on, and you're like, <laughs> crawl on. That's literally what it was. And then, you, and then you get back on voice, you're like, crawl on your hands and knees, you pig. You're my money pig. Get back on, and money. I'm like, you missed a spot, you fat sick of, sack of shit. Like, what are you doing? And he's like disrespectful. And he's like licking a boot while he's rolling around on the ground playing himself with himself. Like, that's the type of thing. Yeah. Wow. I was complaining yeah, at the beginning crazy, of this call because my gig well. is TV show host. I was complaining about being a TV show host at the top of this call. <laughs> hey, I mean, every job comes with stress. It's not a competition. You're like, you worthless sack of shit. You clean the part where my feet touched. You get in that boot. <laughs> you, get your, you get your weak little oh, tongue God. all the way in that boot and lick I'm it clean. I'm so surprised that he didn't go to the hospital. Those shoes were disgusting. We have about... 10 seconds left. I'm, I'm what a like, beautiful what a beautiful story to end on. Thank you for all your insight and openness. Yeah, have a great day. Good luck with work. Thanks for talking. Thank you. Caller, thank you so much. What an eye-opening experience, especially that boot stuff at the end. That was very illuminating. Thanks for walking us through your world and uh I hope everything's good. hope everything's good with you. Thank you for calling. Thank you for everybody who listens to the show. It really means a lot. Thank you to Harry Nelson, Jared O'Connell, who uh, walked all the way here and then in the warm sun, slogged it over here in the warm sun, set up in my office. It means a lot. Thanks, John DeLore and Greta Cohn for helping to build the show. Thank you, Shellcheck, for the intro music. ChrisGeth.com. That's where my touring dates are. I got a lot of stand-up dates up there right now. You check it out. See if any of them are in your town. They just might be. I got like eight or nine cities up there right now. Any hoots, if you want to help the show, Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. It really does help more than you know. That's all the business. We'll see you next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Shut your eyes. Envision the perfect breakfast in your head. You and I both know what's popping into your brain right now. It's not eggs. It's not pancakes. It's a Thomas's original Nooks and Crannies English muffin. That's what you're seeing. That's the breakfast always worth getting out of bed for. There's nothing quite like the irresistible Nooks and Crannies texture. Perfectly toasted, crispy edges, a soft, warm center. That butter, it pools inside those little nooks and crannies. It's amazing. It's delicious. It's a burst of flavor in every warm, toasty, buttery bite. Thomas's Nooks and Crannies English muffins are truly like no other. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, someone who's trying to change the world. Have you worked on cases with people... 
where it, it, you know you think you have a chance of helping, and then they are put to death. Yeah. Um, although I'll say this, I have been incredibly lucky as a lawyer working in this field in that mm, 99% of cases that I have been a part of, that I have touched, that I have become emotionally attached to and invested have avoided execution. Some of wow. them very last minute. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Hey guys, uh, unfortunately I have some bad news. Uh, my name is Hayes. I'm here with my friend Sean. Hi, I'm Sean. We're the host of Hollywood Handbook. Uh, they asked us to come onto the show and and break the news to everyone that the show you were just listening to uh, is unfortunately broken. Yeah, uh, it's really just one of those things. Um, every once in a while, a podcast fully breaks and you can't listen to it for a while. While it's under construction, uh, sort of, you know, when they... Uh, shut down the roads and there's like detour signs um, so that you can still get where you're going even though it's not the way that you wanted to go. Uh, you can detour over to Hollywood Handbook, listen to our podcast yes. instead, just until this podcast is fixed. Our podcast is running and I think the podcast you were listening to is going to be broken for a, a, about a year. And honestly, when those detours happen, sometimes I find you a new You discover, make new little discoveries. A better route. Yes, and find like a roadside <laughs> diner that's so mm-hmm. interesting. The host of it are very smart. So listen to Hollywood Handbook. We it's a guide to Hollywood, but it's not it's even fake. really that it anymore. Sucks. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.